I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Brangaroo studio. It's great to have your company as we kick off the PM as we always do on the eastern side of the country uh, with the call. Uh, it's a show that we cover 10 stocks picked by you, our viewers. I put them to our expert panel. Let's get straight into the panel because we've got a lot to get through. Grady Wolf from uh, Bell Direct. Grady, good to see you. Great to see you too. And Mark Morland from Team Invest. Mark, good great to be here as well on this uh, Thursday afternoon. Um, this half hour, we're going to take a look at CSR, Santos, DeGray Mining, Retail Food Group, and Linus Rare Earth. Stock of the day, though, I thought we'd take a look at the Australian Stock Exchange. Yes, the uh, the listed company that runs the markets here in Australia. Uh, it reported a total capital raise. This is for the markets uh, for the last financial year, or in June, uh, $4.3 billion. That's down 80%. Uh, cash markets average daily number of trades down 26%. Average daily value of uh, trading was down 19%. Average daily futures volume was up 4%. Now, this is where the stock exchange makes its money, of course, on uh, trades, on listings, uh, new listings that come on to the, uh, to the ASX through capital raising. Um, it is it is the market, just like a property market or a um, a cattle auction um, out in the out in the bush. Uh, less cows you push through, uh, uh, depending on what the price determines what the stock agent is going to earn out of it all their commissions. Well, the stock exchange does that for the share market. And um, Grady, what did you think of the update, and what's the flow through to the ASX? The thing is we need to take into account the last two years have been extra well 2021 was an extremely big year for ipos a record year 240 ipos in the year so that's a lot of money generated for the asx and then 2022 had i think about 80 but i'm not too sure but i know it was two strong years really strong years of capital raisings really strong years of ipos and then the market has extreme volatility. So unfortunately for the ASX, this is not a great reading, but it's kind of an uncontrollable. People are less uh, can, are less likely to capital raise at the moment. Um, there's no IPOs going out. I think there's been 10 this year to date or 10 yep. or 11 this year to date. So it's just, it's honestly, it's an external factor. It's an external driver. It's unlucky for the ASX. But again, we need to take okay. into account but other in things. But the last financial year, mm. yeah. the ASX 200 was up 10.1%. Exactly. So the market's actually doing all right. It's doing well. And I think a lot of companies are really staying away from IPOs because they're just so scared of the reception at the moment and right. also capital raisings. But the companies that are there and have a proven track record, profitability, um, are generating funds, that's what investors want to see. Yeah. And so investors are really hungry for the tech <clears throat> stocks again, for example, which is high growth, um, affordability for capital raisings, 
and understanding all of that. But then the thing with ASX we need to also take into account is the companies, the blockchain and tech stack that they've put all the capital and all of their allocation resources focused on. Um, now they're considering the other solutions for the chest placement because the original de design is no longer viable. So mm. with that in mind, that's another priority they need to focus on and kind of find a solution for. And then also increasing pressure from competitors like SIBO. So yeah. there's a few different factors at play, a few headwinds on, for the ASX, but I do go with a hold rating. Um, just because, again, the, this like this result today is on the back of two really strong years. So okay, so a hold from uh, Grady and yeah. Bell. But well, when you look at that five-year chart, you know, it's down near a five-year low mm. at the moment. Mm -hmm. The ASX, and based on their justification, should be lower. Right. So <laughs> the the ASX, uh, there's a lot to like about it. It has a near monopoly position in mm -hmm. parts yeah. of their business. Yeah. Uh, it has very very stable earnings. In fact, we've got a 97.7 percent stability of earnings, but only at 2.7 percent growth rate average. So yeah. right. earnings have been flat for a long time up until uh, 22, where they dropped down about 40 percent roughly uh, for the year. So a heavy a big drop in. Um, um, uh, last year, but before that, incredibly stable. Revenue's been very stable as well. So we like that because then you can say, well, if if that should continue and I believe it's going to continue, I can work out what my returns are going to be. That's that's yeah. the way we at Team Invest look at things. Yeah. Um, so ASX has some ca characteristics that we like. It passes most of nearly all our filters except for uh, the uh, debt, which has got about 350% debt to equity, which is very high. Um, and the other problem with it is it's the return is really would be very, very low going forward based on uh, its current PE of 36. So you've got high, a very high PE, trailing PE, and you've got very, very low EPS growth. They don't right. mix. Right. Mm. Now, if it had 15% EPS growth, I'd be... I'd be excited. Yep. And we've also yeah. got the double hit, as Grady mentioned, about the uh, disastrous blockchain chess, chess uh, program, which management clearly looked like they were asleep at the wheel and really had no idea what they were doing and just assumed it would all be okay and contracted it out. They even bought into the company that they contracted to do it. Like, what's the logic of that, by the way? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's like a, you know, a hello. Anyway, now it's a total write-off and we're going back to square one. It's an absolute shocker and they're going to have to spend an enormous amount of money Money yep. now to try and upgrade what is a very, very overdue system. And, and regulators have them in focus too. Yeah. But even the way they the handled that was bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, the optics of all that, the regulators are going saying, this is really bad. And they'll say, oh, no, no, it's not that. So it's no problem. Yeah. You go, hang on. You're I mean, running the market yeah. and you're yeah. not taking it forward. That's right. <laughs> so you, we, you have an, a massively regulated support position. Yeah, that's right. So I wouldn't go near it. We're showing it returning between plus three percent a year to negative three, margin of safety to default. Right. So you really uh, that, that's that's not even inflation. Right. So okay. why would you do it? I would yeah, say it's yeah. a sell. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get into the first stock you want us to take a look at, and Dan Mark wants a view on CSR. The uh, the big uh, building materials uh, group um, here oversee Colour Bond, I suppose, is its uh, biggest product, if you like, and yep. uh, fibre cement is yes. a pasturing. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's actually a, it's been a, it's a pretty good company. It's, it is cyclical by nature, of course, because you're in the building supply space. And we've had, we've just, we've, well, apart from the confusion of COVID, which um, CSL, I think, uh, had a pretty good COVID. <laughs> So they're... Uh, CSR. Yeah. CSR, sorry. Yeah, yeah. CSR. <laughs> CSR did too. Yeah, did too. <laughs> Freudian, Freudian <laughs> slip. Freudian slip, yeah. Although, CSR, you know, great controversy this week, Mark, just to uh, 
divert uh, a little bit on CSL, we had a viewer uh, on Monday um, ask why is CSL so lauded? Uh, it's done nothing for five years. And would it be better dubbed a quality dog rather than a quality stock? Well, well. Um, actually, yeah. uh, I did mention your name, and so just as well, Mark Borland's not here. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll take that argument for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, see, the, the trouble with this is the viewer is looking at share price. Yes. That's what they're looking yeah, at. That's yeah. Share price is market sentiment. Yep. Yeah. And it's what the market will pay. The way to look at the company is the earnings. The CSL's earnings have, gr- have grown solidly right. through that period. So yeah. if the earnings are going up and the share price is not going up, the PE is going down right. over time. Right. But and it becomes better value. That's right. But yeah. on the long, long term, CSL's done over 20% compound yeah. average since listing. Right. It's okay. an absolute king of yeah. Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Viewers are getting brutal. I'm a shareholder and I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm totally cool with it. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Back to CSL. Getting back to CSL. Yeah. So this, from a cycle point of view, yeah, so I would argue it's often best to buy these sorts of businesses at the um, at the uh, bottom of the cycle, not towards the top. And right. now, where, are we at the top? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's plenty to, with interest rates going up and uh, the amount of building we've had going. You know, whether it's going to continue on for another five years, who knows? Right. US yeah. the same. So right. there's lots of cracks everywhere. So there's headwinds potentially. But we've got a housing shortage. At the we still have, but right? yeah, sure. <laughs> and they've got some great products, Calibon yeah. and so on is really good. Yeah. The other pluses are the return on equity is 20%, which is outstanding. Right. And they do have a 12% average growth rate over the last six years. Not as stable as uh, a, a, a ASX, it's about 70% stable. It just scrapes in for us, right. but it does pass everything. Right. It's on a P of 11, which is in about in the bottom 30, top of the 30% of its 100% range, oh, which is 11, okay. which is... Uh, getting pretty close to the green. We're showing it returning 6% on a margin of safety and 21 per year for the next five years on default. That assumes that they continue with their current 12% EPS right. growth. Yeah. And, that, and as I said, the dictates that that'll be the market and, yeah. the, uh, and the building industry. It, it, it may well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'd say it's a whole. Whole. Grady? Double hold. Right. Um, we've just actually initiated coverage of this company. So we have a hold rating with a price target of $5.60. Now, today it's uh, obviously a diversified manufacturing company with interest in aluminium refining, property development, and leading presence in building products. As we said, Colour Bond. Everyone loves the Colour Bond yep. fences and the, the ads as well are very, one of my favourites. Um, we love it. But so the hold rating is because the company is, as Mark said, kind of near the top of its cycle. It's very cyclical. They really benefited from the two point five billion dollar home builder stimulus during COVID and again that kind of points to the top of the cycle but again we have a housing crisis so the company has an asset a land asset the Badgery Creek asset near the Badgery Creek airport and it's um I think they're developing that land and so they're building on it and they're seeing that investors are going to have significant return on this because it's addressing the housing Mm. crisis they are building on this land and they are going to continue building the local infrastructure as well around this area and rents in the area are up 40 percent year on year so again this could be a likely driver of revenue moving forward for quite a sustained period of time. Because it's not only the airport they're building, they're building a city out there. Exactly, they? they're building everything. So, yeah, yeah. and given this company Half a has. Million yeah. People are going to live out there. And has good, seven. Good. There's no room where I live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no room anywhere. I was literally talking yeah. this morning about how bad the crisis is yeah. and yeah. how people are moving out to the country yeah. to start or sustain cost of living. Like I can't afford anything. Yeah. Yeah. Can, but, I one, can I add one more thing to it when you finish? Go on, go yeah. on. 
I, I forgot to mention too, the Tomago uh, aluminium smelter, they own, a, I think, 25% uh, interest in it. Yep. The problem with aluminium smeltering is they, it's, it's, they say it's turning electricity into uh, aluminium, yep. massively uh, energy hungry, yep. um, and they can't do anything about it there. And I like, my understanding, and this has changed in the last couple of years when we looked at it, was that the, they, are in a, they have to continue on in their deal which is run by RIA, I believe, and a European company that yeah. basically own it. But yeah. eventually that'll get shut down because it's right. not going to survive in our high electricity cost green environment, no chance. Yeah. And there's going to be really big remedial costs and so on. And I think that's a significant mm. time bomb okay. down the road. Just okay, because mm. they actually built it uh, just mm. out of Newcastle for uh, the Tomago smelter. Uh, yeah. because of access to electricity and coal-fired electricity yeah. stations. Yeah. So yeah. It made sense in the days yeah, when, we yeah, were, when Australia had the lowest electricity costs yeah, in the world, yeah, I think. About we were yeah. 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 Not anymore. But the other thing is this week they announced a takeover of Woven, and it's an acquisition worth $43 million, and they're expanding into interiors. So... Oh. It's, uh, they're looking to become, the con- it's a commercial interior range in the presence to strengthen their presence in Europe and Australia. So okay. um, the exports as well. So again, hold they're trying to you. encompass the whole um, building, cry- building area, but yeah, hold at the moment because okay. it's cyclical. All right, William uh, Grady wants a view on Santos, yeah. our, uh, probably Australia's biggest gas producer, is it? Yeah, absolutely. It's massive. And exporter. And uh, they continue to go from strength to strength, really. And the co- we really like the company, so sorry. Um, everyone, all the brokers have a buy rating on it. Uh, we really like it. We're, Bellwater don't actually cover it, but we go with consensus on this one. Um, they had a really, really strong first quarter. Free cash flow, 720 million US dollars. Uh, sales revenue is 1.6 billion US dollars, which was in line with estimates and first quarter production of 22.2 million barrels of oil equivalent, again, in line with estimates. So this company is really benefiting from the rise in oil prices and the rise in natural gas prices. So given the, um, and also we're seeing OPEC plus cutting daily oil output by a million barrels a day, Russia and uh, Saudi Arabia just this week cutting production. So oil prices are going higher and they're not set to come down for a little while to come. So understanding that Santos is going to be Gas the beneficiary has of this. A fair bit though, Gas it? has over the last year, but it's up in the recent month. Right. So over the last year, I think it's down 56%, but it's up about 13% in the last month. Right. Okay. So it is coming back, um, but they do also see that the downfall in gas price is going to be offset by the up uptick in oil price so given that but the company has a few things at hand right now Um, so the Pika Alaskan project is preparing for drilling in Q2 so that's good diversification they obviously acquired oil search so very strong portfolio there that was an incredible um, merger of the 21 billion I think it's worth 21 billion dollars but the also contentious issue is the Barossa uh, project in the Northern Territory Um, that was actually stopped by the government in the drilling process because of indigenous rights in the land. That's still at bay at the moment, but uh, Santos believes that they'll still be on track to commence production in the first half of 2025. Mm. So we are just waiting on some uh, regulatory updates there. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you reckon, Mark? Uh, interesting. It's, it's um, I sort of agree with everything um, Grady said. However, the from our point of view, it fails on stability. Their earnings stability is about 55%, means there's 45% variation in their earnings. That's not un, un, unreasonable because they are a price taker in many ways. So they're, they're very much dependent on the price of gas and oil in the market and regulation as well, which comes into that too, and where you can sell and who you can sell to. Mm. It's getting more and more complex and harder to play. Very difficult to forecast that. Uh, I suspect gas prices will be higher in the future as well, but who knows? You know, I mean, mm. 
Um, so that's the hard part. Apart from that, they've d done very, very well since 220. So two, since 220, the earnings have been rocketing up, uh, which, is, which is encouraging. Currently, the EPS growth rate's been running at 23% annually now. That's the average over six years, which is pretty good. Okay. We're showing a returning 9.4% a year on a margin of safety if you buy it today, and up to 34% per year over five years on our default metrics. So that okay. then brings in, depending on what happens with gas. But if they can keep growing the way they are, which they may well, um, you do really, really well on it based on that. It's not, as I said, doesn't pass our filters, but uh, it looks pretty good. PE is 7.5, which is not bad for its earnings. Yep. It's pretty cheap for its earnings, and it's paying a 4.9% yield, but it's no, there's no franking credits. Right. Just by the way. So what would you do? Well, I'd, I'd say it's a whole hole from right. my point of view. Uh, Kevin Gallagher, uh, the boss of it as well, and um, he was telling me at the footy the other week that they have... Uh, produce carbon neutral gas now. Yeah, so the um, Pika project yeah, uh, and yeah. the one in the Barossa project Barossa. is set to be the net zero. Uh, yeah, yeah. Net, net zero gas. The only problem is it's about five times more expensive than yeah. normal gas. Problem, <laughs> not a problem. But so it's, it's coming down in price. It's coming We're down in price. We're trying to get net zero. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Comes right. at a cost. Yeah. All right, let's stick with um, uh, Jack wants a view uh, on another mining stock, uh, DeGray Mining, the uh, the gold mining group. Mark, what do you think of uh, um, DeGray? Bit of a, uh, Henry Jennings, who was a favourite of his from Marcus um, today for quite a while. But, yeah, he's uh, he's very much a speculator. Though. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 So I don't. I don't. I'm, we don't need gambling because that's what that's what it is. Yeah. So no, it's, it's, I don't think it's ever made a dollar, has it? No. Um, we've got ten years of history, and it's been stories all the way. I had a look at their even the Morningstar report on them, and they they talk about how their deposits and their areas that they are exploring in a mm. tier one top gold yeah. areas. Yep. <laughs> Not their deposits are, but they are. In areas that are tier one, I go. That's really gilding the lily, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. When I see things like that, I go, "Yeah, right." This <laughs> right. is like that's on the BS side of the equation. Yeah. Anyway, so I can't give you any value, any idea, because it's been losing money forever. And I read some of the blurb, and it's a story. Yeah. So it can't be any more than a speculative. Uh, right. Investment, if something okay. not investment, it's called a speculative buy. buy. I wouldn't say okay. not a buy, no, it's no. speculative. <laughs> and but you're not into those no. as well either, uh, Grady. Specky buy for Bells right. um, with a price target of $1.93. Now, the company had their recent, uh, they had a mineral resource update, which has added 11 or 10% increase to the contained ounces at the Molina Gold project. The one thing, another thing we like about DeGray Mining is that Gold Road Resources owns a 19.99% stake in the company. And we really like Gold Road Resources. And so they actually produce. They actually produce. They? they have yeah. money coming through. Um, they, yeah, so they've really, they bring the kind of experience and the money generation into the degrade okay. mining story. Because uh, to back Mark's consensus up, yeah. uh, theory up as well, and a lot of people say, hey, um, mining companies are like biotechs. Yeah. Um, that you do your work, you do your work, do your work, do your work. Then you've got to bring it to market. Exactly. And actually starting a mine. Yeah. Is pretty complex. It's not easy. Than and cap very capital intensive. Yeah. Very capital yeah, yeah. intensive. And different, can be set man back different by management by skills to explorers. Exactly. But having Gold Road on the list is yeah. pretty big and um, pretty good. Who have delivered? Do deliver? In the past, yeah, they that still gives do. You yeah. Some comfort for these guys. Yeah, exactly. And also the thing is that the company is set for first production in February 2025. They are on track to achieve that. Um, and they've got the final investment decision coming up soon. So that will be kind of the key indicator whether they are going to, well, what they're going to do right. 
whether they're on time on budget. So they haven't committed to investment yet. They've got to the, um, they're at the DFS. So the pre-feasibility study was completed in September 2022 um, and they are expecting, I think so, I think they're expecting it soon. Right. So from that, we will get to the final, what the final investment decision is um, and that's expected in the September quarter of 2023. Okay. Yeah. All right. So a spec buy. Specy buy if you want to play into that space, but we like that Gold Road is on the board. Okay. All right, uh, next Oliver wants to view uh, Grady on retail food group. Now, we have yeah. a lot of food groups uh, listed on the market, of course, Domino's and Collins Foods, which is which is basically KFC. Uh, retail food group has Donut King, Michelle's Patisserie, Brumby's Bakery, uh, Esquire Coffee House, uh, Gloria Jeans, um, uh, Crust, Gourmet Pizza. Tell you what, the Kosh family, an extended family, <laughs> Uh, buys a lot of stuff from all those brands. Does it stack up like Collins Foods and Domino? Because they've got massive brands here. Massive brands. We've actually just reinitiated coverage of this company with a buy rating but a price target of 13 cents. Now, the company has been as you can see on this chart here, battered down for a very long time. Um, that's Just because... It has not delivered despite all of those. It hasn't because it had up. legal issues. So right. the legal issues in 2018 were a big problem for the company. They came under scrutiny with the ACCC uh, for alleged breaches of the Consumer Law Act and Franchising Code of Conduct. So the company right. was selling franchises in real... They were selling their loss-making businesses as they weren't disclosing so the full financials. 2018. Oh, well. 2018. Yeah. Okay. So you can so see from 2018, there's yeah. the drop. Yeah. Um, and, and so the that's legal actions basically exactly. gone all the way through. And so that's actually just come back recently, and that has come out. Every they've settled all the battles. Um, they paid Michelle Patisserie Stores, who put money into the marketing fund. So these are the franchisees. Franchises, franchisees. Yep. And yeah. they've paid back the uh, historical debts of the misinformed uh, franchisees as well. Right. So we see this as kind of a turning point now, and we really like the business model and the revenue model. So it's very capital light. It's franchise only. So they, it means they've got, obviously, the growth opportunities and the quick service restaurants. So we all, we're all time poor now. Yep. Cost of living pressures are high. You want to take the kids to the shops, you get them a donut from Donut King. Yep. You want to buy a birthday cake, Michelle's Patisserie. They're the kind of middle end, like, quick service restaurants, which is exactly right. But they're also benefiting from um, growth uh, add-on revenue from those kind of stores. So, like, the sales that you see at these kind of places, like, buy one, get one free do the like all of the promotions that you're getting so and heaps of them are reaching out and branching out into different foods different drinks so the quick service restaurant is exactly where we're seeing opportunity these days and that's why this company uh, definitely plays into that so buy because it's at the bottom so and they've paid off all of their fines and new management new management management. management. yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. so exactly did anyone go to jail I'm not too sure but exactly it was really allegedly or whatever no defamation on here no No problems (laughs) but yes the clean out yes clean out everything uh, it's all settled so it is the way up now because you look at uh, Brumbies, Michelle's, Gloria Jean's, Crust are all in our local area, and yeah. oh god, I know it's it's, it's enormous. But if you look at the, if you look at their earnings from back before the woes, so if you go back to two seventeen um, earnings, they were making um, thirty nine cents a share. Uh, then two thousand eight thirty, then negative thirty four in eighteen, negative negative negative. Then in two, in twenty one back to point three of a cent, right. and now it's point two of a cent. 
So this is like, you got to put that in context. That's 40 cents to 0.2 of a cent now, but they've still got all those those assets. So we were lucky. This is a bit of a story on this one because this used to be a wealth winner for us. And Ah. one of our uh, forensic accountant members Hmm. was doing some serious investigation of their books and found some significant irregularities, which I won't go into. What, back in 2018? 16. 2016, 2017, wow. and Buffett has this great analogy. He says, when you, when you see one cockroach in the kitchen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't assume it's one. alone. <laughs> right. So when we find something there, like that yeah. looks like they're covering stuff, it was, misre- yeah. it was misrepresented right. in our view. Misinformed, uh, yeah. It went ding, ding, ding. We then did a bit of extra checking and we spoke to Centre Group. We've got a member who's involved with Centre Group yeah. to have a look at the default rates on Michelle. This is all about Michelle's petition. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's the problem. <clears throat> look at yeah. the default rates of uh, their leases and back rents and so on. Oh, hello, hello. Worst performing group out of all yeah. their right. groups. You go, second cockroach. We did a sell. Uh, right. Recommendation on it. I think everybody got rid of it, but it was seven, the share price was seven dollars fifty then. Wow! That so we dodged it, and then yeah. about six months later, the financial review came out, did an expose on how bad it was, and there right. was there were suicides where they had sold franchises, mm. misrepresented the figures, sold them to couples that have you know worked yeah. all their lives and they just want a little job in retirement, yeah. you know something safe yeah. by a franchise. Yeah. Bullshit figures. Right. Yeah. And they were right. literally suicides. And that's right. how bad it was. Wow. So then yeah, it all awful. hit the fan, yeah, as yeah. it should. Yeah. And management left and and it all hit the deck. It's taken a long time yeah. to get through all this stuff. Yeah. I don't know how much damage has been done yeah. to the franchise network, because obviously the retail stores are all still there and yeah. the franchisees wouldn't be going anywhere if no. they could avoid it because obviously they're they have their investment in it so yeah. assuming the network is still intact it's 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 now priced at um uh which six cents per share where it was seven dollars 37 yeah based wow. on the business prior to p of 18. wow yeah. so so the argument would be uh this is now a turnaround story right yeah. we don't yeah. like turnaround stories by right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's we a reasonable <laughs> argument but, because at least there's yeah. a there's an underlying business there there's yeah. new management now They've fixed all these legal issues and so yeah. on. So there's got to be an enormous upside in uh, in potential earnings if that's all correct. Exactly. Right. Which I don't I don't know. Now the new CEO approached us oh. uh, to come and talk to the members, and we said no. Right. Uh, okay. and the reason is we want to see the uh, rubber on the road before yeah. we would consider it again. So right. and at the moment they're they've, they've just got their nose uh, uh, above the water. Right. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Swim now. But great yes. brands. Great like, brands. You, you, you know it inside out. Absolutely. So well, we yeah. did. I haven't looked at it since. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and I just realised <laughs> how 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 fast and how and if you look at how quickly it fell, it's a real case study. The share price in two eighteen high was five dollars down to forty one cents. Then seventy three cents to thirteen. Twenty four to three. It's just got worse and worse and worse. Yeah. yeah. And I'm pleased to say we weren't there to watch it. Right. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often. No. So, a wealth winner that goes yeah. off the rails. But, but you've you, got to clean out and you've yeah. got a fresh so start. It's exciting. Right. Okay, I'll, I'll go along with yours on a speculative Love it. Buy. Oh, spec buy. Yeah, Love. Okay. Because okay. the argument's reasonable. That it's, it is. Yeah. There's inherent value there that now should be able to produce yeah. earnings. And it's not saying, oh, we've got a strategic review for the 700th time. No. It's saying we've done the review, we've yeah. sorted our battles, we've sorted the debts, we've and you've cleaned, paid everything paid off. Paid everyone off, got a new management team, let's yeah. go. So, oh, somewhat interesting. Insight. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, our next talk, uh, Lucas wants a view. We get back to resources to uh, Linus Rare Earths, as the name implies. It's sort of in uh, one of our biggest, if not our biggest, uh, rare earth producer here in Australia. Um, has uh, 
uh, processed a lot of the rare earths offshore in the past, uh, particularly Malaysia, because uh, environmentally quite a dirty to do it, but mm. plans to bring... Malaysians that, weren't happy. No, no. Plans mm. to, to bring the processing back on shore to Australia in WA. Yeah. Right. What do you think of one? Uh, it's, it, well, it fits into that mining commodities area, which yep. we don't like in principle. But um, I'll say that uh, Linus has been doing quite well and its earnings have been you know, going up. They're definitely, they definitely uh, have a tailwind on the business. Uh, there's definitely um, major desires around the world to uh, take their reliance off China for supply of all the rare earths and stuff. So, I mean, you know, they've got a pretty bright outlook. Yeah. Geopolitical is a problem. It is yeah. very dirty, and that's why all this stuff's done in China where you don't have to worry about things like that, or you haven't had which, to in the past. Which is why governments, though, are mm. encouraging them to bring it back. Yeah, but, sure. but yeah, the thing is, they don't want it in Chinese hands. No, no, absolutely. Well, the geopolitical risk now is really big because mm-hmm. all these elements are, are critical in the uh, green agenda and uh, not to mention um, circuit boards and chips. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, look, it looks pretty good. Their growth rate's running at 91% you know, per year, mm-hmm. right? which is but with 37% stability. So it's not stable, but it's, gr- it's growing very, this is earnings, growing yeah. earnings very strongly. And we're showing an on a margin of safety returning about nine and a half percent and about a hundred percent a year on default because it's 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 on a P of twelve. Yeah. And it's got very high growth and its earnings are rocketing up at the moment. So it's about a six and a half billion market cap company. Mm-hmm. Um, not something we'd we'd be interested in, but it, it looks pretty good. It does have in common, by the way, that with all our uh, mining companies, the good ones that are profitable are all on low PEs. Right. Mm. This is a bit higher than yeah. say a BHP yeah. or a Rio, but yeah. they're all they're all very cheap relatively to their earnings. If you assume that the game, that the uh, the world's not going to end. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so a no from That's you. Hope. Yeah, just because I'm, yep. I'm, that's I'm something I know about. Okay. <laughs> We're a yes, uh, a buy rating with a price target of $8.55. Um, we really like the company because of A, it plays into the rare, or the green thematic. Uh, B, obviously we have the operations in Malaysia. Now that was a really big headwind and potential massive issue for them having to shut down operations for three months while they converted it to Kalgoorlie. Um, that has been extended to January 1. So the Malaysian government has said, no, it's okay, we'll extend your permit till January 1. And some ministers so, actually- So they've actually done that that buffer period, buff- if you like, they've covered it now. Uh, no, they've extended it. So yeah. there was, yeah, 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 the covered it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yep, yep, yep. So they, but they're still not guaranteed to be able to continue after January 1 uh, in Malaysia. So they are covering themselves by getting Kalgoorlie up and running. Um, so some Malaysian ministers have actually said they may reconsider the lathanide, uh, lathanide, sorry, concentrate ban if Linus is to ship out the waste, which I don't know if they would do because it's a really costly process. Yeah. So, oh, who, where would they put Nauru. it? Literally where? Uh, is that <laughs> what they're thinking? No, I'm suggesting. No, oh. we just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want any geopolitical tension because Mark Morland's <laughs> come up and suggested Nauru. But no, no, you know, no. Their phosphate's running out, isn't it? But yeah, yeah you'll be holes to throw. Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, well. The board can come after Mark. <laughs> um, but no, we do like the company. Kalgoorlie has teething issues, but again, the, as the analyst said, play on. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, they've got just the stage two, stage one to three commissioning. Stage four is on track. 
Uh, they could see a slight delay for two parts of the infrastructure coming through, being the key gas supply pipeline and a shortage of workers. So nothing wrong with the facility itself, just some uh, infrastructure delays. But again, uh, it's not going to be a material impact. So the company is doing really good things, getting their Kalgoorlie operations up while the Malaysian is a bit in uh, doubt at the moment. But they do have the buffer until January 1 to decide to get Kalgoorlie up and running. Um, the thing about rare earths is that they're used in the motors of EVs, not the ba- not the batteries, not just the batteries. So everyone is moving to EVs. Every car company is getting an EV out there. So there's always yeah, going to be demand. A lot of it's to do with defence too, isn't oh, it? which is why yeah, the yeah. Americans want all of the China stuff back, yeah, yeah, yeah. back home yeah. in, uh, in allies and are yeah. willing to... Uh, what do they have this strategic investment program where they're backing yeah. companies similar to this? To yeah, it's the whole thing is home. just wild, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, like yeah. it's a massive play. You're not just playing into EV, you're playing into defence, everything. Defence, everything. Lot, yeah. So, yeah. Because the US don't want to sell their advanced chips to China that they can use in the missiles. Yeah. yeah. So they want to buy the, the components for the missiles from the chip from yeah, them. Yeah. The Chinese yeah. saying, we're not going to sell you those in. And I mean, make China make them. Yeah. Which <laughs> is why Thai. Uh, uh, America would never let Taiwan go to the Chinese because they're the biggest manufacturer of high-end chips in the exactly. world. If it, if, it, if it happens like Ukraine and all gets bulldozed effectively, it's not going to really help, is it? No. 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 Yeah. Honestly, the geopolitical tensions are rising Huge. change day by day. Yeah. Like, honestly, I and feel it's surprising like... the Buffett, he actually said at the AGM, yeah, they've sold out of Taiwan semiconductors and, all, and BLD, the battery yeah. maker in, China, wow. in Taiwan as well, because they, the geopolitical risk was too much for them. Wow. Yeah. And they've, they've invested in Japan. Yeah. Which is super stable by comparison. Okay. But it's interesting. But they're right. in the, ge- yeah. the geographically, they're in the crossfire. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, but they're not exactly. safe for the. Well, they're not, yeah. it's unlikely China would attack uh, Japan. Uh, Japan. Yeah. No. But they yeah, have clearly yeah. made their, their, their uh, plan to reunite. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. Honestly, yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot, but we do like Linus. Okay, yes. okay. All right, let's recap the uh, <coughs> the five, first five stocks plus stock of the day, which is ASX, uh, a hold from Grady, a sell from Mark, uh, CSR, a hold from both Santos, a hold from Mark, a buy from Grady, uh, DeGray, mighty a no from Mark, a spec buy from Grady, uh, retail food group, a speculative buy from uh, both Grady and Mark. And Linus, a note from Mark and a buy from Grady. Here on the call uh, on Oldspits, we've been following our own uh, fantasy investment fund. It was picked by the investment committee. You can watch the most recent committee meeting, the July one, on the platform osbiz.com. At that meeting, Boss Energy, uh, the investment committee decided to take their profits on Boss, but stay in uranium because Paladin hasn't performed as well as Boss in that area. Uh, Kelsian is out and they went into La Visa, uh, an early play into the retail uh, market after retailers have been smashed so much. Uh, the portfolio up just over 5%. All right, uh, this half hour, we will be taking a look at Coventry Group, uh, FedEx Resources, Hillgrove Resources, Goodman, and points bet. Um, Mark Thomas wants a view on Coventry Group, which is a good old fashioned industrial distribution <laughs> and producer of things like like zips and fasteners. And they're also in um, hydraulic fluid and lubrication fluids as well. It's sort of a, 
a blast from the past. Mm. Well, some, these businesses can be very good. Yes. Yeah, Coventry's yeah. not though. So uh, it's uh, it's got a lot of red ink on it on, from our point of view. So the gee, return on equity. to get me excited with a look on your face then and go, well, they can be very good. Not this one. Yeah. <laughs> well, return on equity, 4.3%. 4, 4. And return on capital three point one. There's not even inflation, inflation levels. Yeah. So uh, also their their stability is not that good. Look, we're showing a negative three percent a year if you bought it at the current price. Um, it's on a PE of eighteen. Um, EPS growth rate is average eight percent, but it's been very lumpy. Drop it collapsed in two thousand seventeen. I'm not sure why, um, but uh, it's been pretty flat over the last couple of years. So yeah. mediocre. Right. It's not it's not that it's a disaster, but I wouldn't go near it. Right. Okay. We actually have a buy rating on it. It's the good old fashioned business. Uh, price target of $1.25. We do like the fact that there's had the turnaround recently and a key driver of the revenue has been the Connect Australia business, which is one of their subsidiaries. So that one's going really, really well. Um, they also have their general fluids business, which has been a really relatively stable performer for CYG. So that one is up 9, 9% on the uh, per annum since FY17 and up 21% in this year over the last year. So. That one's a key driver of revenue and all sales are derived from ongoing maintenance work. So understanding that, understanding the building space at the moment, understanding um, they've got the robust demand in mining and non-residential commercial, uh, construction, sorry. So they have a lot of good contracts there. So Connect and the fluids are driving the business. So we're seeing that as stable and steady and uh, pretty good business. Okay, all right. Coventry are by there. What about Phoenix Resources? Uh, Grady, yep. uh, Nathan wants a view on that. Uh, again, explore uh, iron ore, base metals, yes. precious metals in WA. And they, did, they, didn't, another they didn't mention lithium. No. Well, Is it the I first one not to? Or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's looking for lithium. Yeah, I am yeah, as well. Yeah, just just tack, tack that on. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not in production at all. Another yeah, explorer. it's explorer this one was hard to research because no brokers cover it right. uh so i had to kind of de- really deep dive excuse the pun um at the at the outlook looks good uh given its latest acquisition of the of a um the iron ridge so it has a it's 100 owned iron ridge hematite hematite project in the midwest of wa so it's iron ore and it's actually, it is shipping. So it's producing oh, and shipping okay. iron ore in a very small level, though. only six shipments in total, totaling 350,000 wet metric tons of iron ore from its mine. Um, it's operating margin increased by 85%, but again, it's been operating and had sales production from the Iron Ridge mines over 28 months since first sale. So it's hit 3 million tons. Compare that to the big players like FMG, who's shipping 46.3 million tons in uh, over one quarter. So again, it's an iron ore player. Um, They've just recently announced they've acquired the Mount Gibson Midwest iron ore projects and port assets. So that's going to really put them because it's Geraldton assets. So you've got the nice uh, geographical really close to be shipping out. And that expands their facility, their storage facility by 400%. So it does enable them the quick process so of distribution. So they're earning cash, earning they're revenue. Earning revenue, but again, I would play in the iron, the big iron ore players, not little little ones like Phoenix. So no few on no Phoenix. F- oh, if you're going to buy in, you buy in at the dip and it's come down a long way. But again, it's a, I would stay clear. <laughs> okay. Mark? 
Um, yes, they've only they've, they've made two years of profit, like fifty-one and forty-eight mm. million, <coughs> and they paid a dividend. Yep. They paid thirteen percent dividend. Uh, this one, now, I imagine that's, oh, that's try and inspire, yeah. try and inspire the shareholders. You know, yeah. going, we now this is reliable, so we, you're getting a dividend. It makes you feel like you're going to get one next year. Yep. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, PE ratio is three point seven on the last earnings, so it's about half of what the the majors are. But I agree, with, I agree with Grady in that a small business like this is. Um, going to be less reliable if you're looking at yeah. it from a dividend point of view. Uh, I don't know anything about it other than that. And yeah. it's, 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 it's only 100 and I think 100, and, 100 market cap is uh, 149 mil. Right. They've issued yeah. a lot of shares over the last four years as well, which, which obviously is going in, getting into production, but big, big increase in the number of shares outstanding. Okay. Yeah. All right. So no, no, on, no for me. On Phoenix. Um, what about Hillgrove Resources, uh, Mark? Brent wants a view on that. Uh, Brent say, and we love it when you put comments in uh, attached to your questions, and Brent's saying, why is it so cheap? Uh, near-term copper producer, a bit earlier in the week where we were talking about uh, copper. Um, the Copper's very sexy. Yeah, very <laughs> sexy at the yeah. moment. A lot of people like Samphire Resources. <laughs> a uh, bit in Rio as well. Yeah. There's uh, apparently expectations of copper shortage. And here's an actual copper producer. Uh, it's going to, well, not quite yet. It's going to mm-hmm. start uh, producing first quarter of 2024, mm-hmm. next year. So it's imminent. They've got $37 million in the bank. 25 million required to restart the Canman 2 mine in South Australia. A 45 uh, year mine life expected to generate over $200 million in after tax uh, revenue, $8,000 cost for copper profit of um, calculated at at 13,500. So um, according to Brent, looks pretty good. Why is it cheap? Yeah, yeah. Well, I wonder whether he works for the company or is an investor. There's a lot of facts. I was going to say he's done our job yeah. for us. Well, he's obviously an investor, and he's sort of uh, I've, I've, I've had sit, sitting there thinking, <coughs> "Come on, where do you guys share price to move?" Well, I've had personal experience with the Cayman Two mine. Oh right. Oh. Uh, when I was about seventeen or eighteen, we used to. Oh. I, lived, I lived in Adelaide, and we used to. I think it's about fifty k's from Adelaide, and we had this hobby where we drive around to mines and sneak in, and oh. then go, oh. go and explore them. You know, down oh. all the shafts and you know all the stuff that we could easily have been oh. killed and never found. Wow! <laughs> oh my and that goodness. was one that was really good. I really enjoyed that one. Jeez. Wow! Yeah, yeah, and it was uh, we found some really weird mushrooms and stuff down there. I remember oh, that. So that's, that's all I can remember. <laughs> okay, so the answer Copper is in the form of mushrooms. <laughs> I love it. That, that may have been the attraction, Grady. Okay. I reckon. All right, so <laughs> too much then so, go so, down so, the mine. Let's find the mushrooms. So my all comment right. on why is it so cheap? It's about it, the thing is if all those things happen as per what Brett, Brent has said, then it is cheap. Right. Mm, but the right. thing is, they're all ifs, you know, if this, if that, uh, 25 million to restart the mine, what if it costs 40 million? Yeah. Uh, 48 mi- 45 mile mine life might end up being less. They may get flooded. There's all these things mm. that can happen. And then they're saying uh, the, the guy who's running it is an um, excellent explorer. Okay, Derek, that is. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take his word for it. <laughs> Good on him. Yeah. Can, he, can he find more? Remember, this mine was put into mothball uh, to... Mm-hmm. 
mothballs because at the time, obviously, it wasn't viable mm-hmm. right. uh, with copper prices. Yeah. We are going into a massive yeah. shortage of copper. There's no reserves anywhere. There's very little reserves, and we need a massive amount of copper for electrification. So yeah. copper's a great place to be. Yeah. More exciting than iron. Yeah. As a minor iron, iron yeah. player. Um, so there you go. I don't know why, other than all these things have to be ticked to say it's really cheap. Right. Okay, go. I've been just going through the director transactions to see if you know they're buying at these levels, mm. uh, which they are okay. in uh, in April and March of this year. How much are they um, buying? Uh, well, part of share purchase plan. Yeah. Uh, okay. At uh, what they buy five hundred and sixty six thousand, okay. which came out shares other, or dollars. Um, uh, shares came out at thirty thousand bucks. <laughs> that's what so, I mean. I know. I know. I did laugh. Oh, that's, that, that, that's that, a lot that's of shares. Reassuring. I'm going to put hundred grand. grand. Yeah. Okay. So right. this okay. one I had to do some deep diving in. Uh, again, right place, right time. Copper. It's been listed since two thousand and three. Has never turned a. Has never. Oh, right. it did make some. Obviously, you had a mining from 2011 to 19. Put on mothballs uh, again because copper prices were so low. But again, the company, the share price is down 94% since debut. Like it's, yep. it's a real. It's the it peaked at four dollars thirty six in 2007 when commodities were up. Uh, but then it's gone straight back down. So. There's a lot of ifs, as Mark said, if this comes off, if this plays, if there's no wet weather, which we are expecting over the coming years. Climate change is a real thing. I remember and it's that, an open pit mine. There was lots of water in it. It's an open pit mine as well. <laughs> no, so there's, there's underground There's as well. underground we, we for copper, the underground. but the gold is the- $4 in 2007. Yeah. $4.36, yeah, which is just insane. Mm-hmm. And because we know commodities boomed then, well, yeah. across the board. And yeah. so, but then this company, but 2007 was before it was even mining. Yeah. So there's a lot of speculation around it. 2011 to 19 on mothballs, and now it's back at well. It's going to be back up and running. Sorry, there was mothballs in 2019 to yeah. now. Yeah. But to get it back up and running, a lot of ifs have to be ticked. Um, it's not our preferred. Copper is a major component of EVs. So that's why they're going to benefit from yeah. that space. It is cheap at the moment, but yeah, again, if, 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 if. Uh, Bell Potter's actual pick in the copper gold mining space is Aeris Resources. They've got oh. a lot of assets around. They've got tr- Triton Copper Operations in New South Wales, Krakow Gold in Queensland, the Mount Kotlin Copper Mine in Queensland, uh, Copper Zinc in WA. So, so you're not a Sandfire? Sandfire no, not Sandfire's your... not our pick. No, right. Aeris Resources is our pick, yeah. Okay. But again, it's if, 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 if. So okay. right space, right time, but not our buy. All right. Uh, something that's not speculative. Uh, Ella wants a view, uh, Grady, on Goodman Group. Yes. The uh, uh, call it a, a real estate investment trust, REIT, but yeah. um, a REIT, but mainly in the warehousing and yeah. industrial space, often regarded as being the uh, the premier stock in in that sector. Yes, a lot of our, we have a buy rating on it. Uh, a lot of our I spoke to some of our Bell Potter Online model portfolio uh, analysts, and they said that they actually have this as one of their staples in their portfolios okay. because of how well it's performed over many, many years. And the company's really gone uh, from strength to strength in recent years because of the drive and uptick in a lot of uh, its customers because it's industrials, it's warehouses, and a lot of uh, companies are really looking to cost cut and hire warehouses for data storage and different things like that. And even retail, retail is using warehouses to offload their bulk stock, as we know, La Visa, I mean, 
uh, Best and Less, one of them, um, City Chic, one of them, who have really high inventory levels, they're hiring these <coughs> warehouses. So the company build Goodman these. Goodman does Amazon's. Exactly. So it's just strength to strength. And so they build the warehouses and they manage the warehouses. So they've got the annual recurring revenue. It's really a tick, tick, tick. And they are just a staple, really good company. Um, P of 21 in 2023 and the peer average is 14.6. So this indicates investors are expecting higher earnings growth, but Goodman have a proven track record of of high earnings growth. So again, really good company, buy rating. Okay. Mark? You're a Goodman fan? Uh, no, but um, it's a REIT. Uh, and if you look at all the REITs, I would say Goodman's the best one. Yep. So that's the pick, pick of the bunch. Yep. Uh, they're also in the best part of the REIT industry. If you, I wouldn't go anywhere near the uh, office REITs yep. at the moment, for instance. And uh, quite a few of them, like Indexus is 30% below. We had that on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, because alleged they're all net tangible assets. Mm-hmm. Deep, the net deep tangible discounts. assets are at the time they were valued. Yeah. And there's yeah. been very little, very few transactions to actually prove what the prices are. Yeah. Because remember, the, the the values are based on the last sale. Yeah. So we, De- everyone, everyone knows that. Dexas actually did come out with something of a, uh, a week or two ago, yep. which you say it's very rare, and I think it was uh, a sixteen to twenty percent downgrade in the in their evaluations. In their evaluations, but that could be just the start. By on, the way, that doesn't mean that's the bottom. That doesn't mean that's the end. Yeah. yeah. The thing yeah. with uh, Goodman Group is that, as uh, Grady mentioned, they are focused on uh, industrial warehousing. They, yeah. they have deals with Amazon. They're doing all the big distribution centres and they're having long-term management contracts. So yeah. it's a different model than being just an office or a retail type REIT. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like it. We've done a lot of work on it. Uh, Goodman is a founder CEO. He pays himself incredibly well, which is right. you know one thing that we sort of look at and go, you have to cringe at how much <laughs> how much he draws, considering yeah. he's the biggest shareholder anyway. Right. Yeah. But anyway, wow. that's just by the by. Yeah. Um, also, the other thing we don't like about REITs, and this is true of Goodman's as well, is a significant part of their profit is um, made up of revaluations. Right. And if you actually look at the operating earnings of the business, they're really not that great, which is all the rents and uh, profit they make on. And the rest of it is on revaluation. Now, they've just done recently, they've come out and said they've uh, positively revalued the portfolio up right. at the moment, which you go, okay, well, that's great. Right. That's against the market, if you like. Yeah. Now, maybe it's because of the way they're positioned. Yeah. Not arguing. Not arguing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. But there, there is significant risk with interest rates because it affects the cap rate. So, so devaluations will bring come massive off, losses. Come, that's right. That's right. Because right. you can't have it both ways. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, so I'm not saying that's going to happen, but just I think viewers need to realise with REITs. See, they're, but they're like infrastructure yeah. funds, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. I can't work out the accounting of no, these things. No. How, how does capital revaluation turn into a profit that can be then distributed as a dividend? And it's not cash. No. Yeah. Which no. is why they often borrow. Yeah. So when you look yeah, yeah. at the uh, the some of the like the uh, toll road people and so on, yeah, yeah, they're borrowing money to pay the dividends. Yeah. Because they're making a profit, but there's no cash. Yeah. Yeah. And you go yeah, well, yeah. it's it's pretty. Yeah. It's it's financial engineering. But yeah. a lot, lot of investors would say these REITs are at such deep discounts, it can't possibly be true. They're good buying. But the point you're making that everyone's missing is the market is building in the revaluations downward. That it so, doesn't seem so with Goodman though, because no, they're, no, no. they're on a peer but the plus twenty, one. which is office yeah, 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 yeah. But the office ones yeah, and yeah. the retail ones, yeah, yeah. 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 Retail for sure. So don't get caught. Cool. I read yeah. some stats on the US, and I was saying even in Manhattan now, there's still only 
9% apparently of workers that are back 100% of the office. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, it, there's yeah. that, that is going to be, you know, it, people say it's going to go back to the way it was. I think you're dreaming. No. Well, some of my friends who work for massive name companies, I won't name them, um, are working, they're trialling the four day working week and three of those days are allowed to be at home. They are mandatory one day in the office, four day working week. So if you do that, you go to hot exactly. desks and you need one fifth of the yeah. space. Yeah, they yeah. don't have desk space. How can this be good They don't have yeah. desk space, they're no. just hot desk, exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. So right. I'd say I'd say Goodman's good. We're showing a returning about 6% a year on margin of safety, which is not that good because the P is still fairly high. Yeah. Um, and 30% a year if they maintain the status quo going forward, okay. which which would be, I think, fairly brave, but you never know. And if you want to get 10% return on a margin of safety, you wouldn't want to pay more than um, uh, 1673 Okay, so, so it's $20 no. at the moment. No, oh, oh, it's a hold. I'd say it's a hold. Right. I don't, I don't mind it. It's just not, we, we wouldn't. Oh, well, I've got members who own it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, there's, yeah. It's got, there's advocates in Team Invest for Goodman, for yeah. sure. So it's gone, last October it was 15 bucks and now it's above 20. Oh, it's done really well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's done very well. Yeah, no argument. Okay. And he's a great operator. They have been consistently yeah. Yeah, good yeah. in how they position the business. Yeah, and but you like founder-led. We do, we yeah. do, that's a plus. Like and it's also against a REIT sector that's been hammered this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's the best in REIT. Yeah, okay. exactly. All right. Uh, final stock, uh, Harry wants a view, Mark, on points bet at the... Uh, uh, online or the, the gaming business, betting business, not only here but uh, in the US. And it, uh, there, there, there was a whole se- season, wasn't there, where we had a lot of these companies list on the market yeah. to chase betting licenses in the United States when they decided to deregulate. Yeah, that's and right. And not many have done well. No. <laughs> and this is one of the ones that hasn't done well. <laughs> so, so it's one of those. So if you look at it... They've I recently mean, sold the US business. Oh, have they? they? Okay. Very was, recently, like this yeah, week, yeah. I think, or two yeah, weeks yeah. ago. Okay. Is, it, is that really recent, like as in, like as in last, week or two. last week or two? Okay, so that's not showing up in the numbers yet. No. They might, maybe they'll get a bit no, of money yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah they are. Maybe. Uh, they are, okay. but there's some discussion on... It'll offset debt. Yeah. 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 yeah, so that's the thing. So they if you look at it, their return on equity is negative 45%, which yeah. means that sort of infers they're roughly losing 45% of their equity each yeah. year. Yeah. So how do you make up for that? Well, you make up for it by issuing lots of shares. <laughs> and it's what, what it's been doing look is... $16.28, not that long ago. That's no? during COVID that's when price. everyone yep. was betting because they were uh, in lockdown and they either bet or put the money in the share okay. market. So 219 shares outstanding were $126 million. Now they are three hundred and three million. So they're adding, they're they're, they're hitting up shareholders yeah. to get money, and the uh, the debt I think has um, uh, run up as well. Where's debt, debt? Debt? Oh no, it hasn't. Debt's not a big deal. Forget what I said about debt. Yeah. Um, no profit. Uh, lost two hundred sixty-seven million last year. Mm. Yeah. I don't even know how you'd say yeah. it's a speculative bet. Yep. Grady? Specky buy for us. Specky buy? With, With emphasis, price on target, emphasis on Specky. Why? Emphasis on Specky. Price target of $2.25 and it's at 56. How, what's wow. it now? 56 um, cents or something? Yeah. Yeah, so Bells are very 60, positive 60 on right. points bet for a few reasons. So the report was playing at the, or playing the odds. So the Fanatics, uh, Fanatics oh, Gaming $1. Business. $1.71. $1.71, sorry. $2.25. Right, okay. So it's not too far off. Right. Uh, but we see that the company, so Fanatics Betting and Gaming, in, first of all, lobbed a takeover offer for the US business of 150 mil. They then increased that to 225 mil in cash because uh, DraftKings came in with an offer. Yes. They And then DraftKings didn't make the deadline for getting the 
uh, binding offer ready. Fanatics came in with another offer and bang, Bob's your uncle. So they have agreed to sell the business, which is good. Um, PBH has also recommended that shareholders agree to sell the business. In the vote last Friday, shareholders at 99.1% of them voted yes to selling it, right. it's gone. And this is good because the loss that the US business was meant to make this year was between 115 and $123 million oh over the six months to June 2023. Wow. So it is a loss-making business. They are losing money left, right, and center. They failed to penetrate the massive market of the US. And if you do so, then if you're failing to penetrate, then just get rid of it to one of the big names over there, which is what they've so done. So what's left? Um, Australia and Canada. Right. And so they're trying to make their mark in Australia and Canada. Um, their net cash outflow for H2 is expected to be 30% lower, given the revision of the US division being sold. Net debt for FY22 was $519 million, right. uh, set to be halved, more than halved by right. uh, this year. So. Right. It's, um, it's a spec play, obviously, they haven't made money yet. But again, a lot of people are getting into betting and betting is <laughs> never going to go anywhere. So if you want to bet on this one, have a bit of fun. But there's it's more fun a of the lot casino. of competition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> High competition. At least that's fun. But and you can have a bit Bell of a that the, the fact that it's got rid of this loss-making, the real loss-making business, and they're, um, yeah, they just okay. say that just Australia looked, and Canada are looking pretty good. I just looked up <laughs> DraftKings. They're even worse. DraftKings are worse. Oh, right. Yeah, it's even yeah, worse. Yeah, that, yeah. Last year they lost, uh, they're, they're at 90, minus 91% return on equity. Yes. Yeah. And right. they're, they're an 11, bi- they're an $11 billion uh, yeah. loser is what they are. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're way, way up with this and then you've got Star Casino or Star Entertainment exactly. at just over a dollar. Yeah. And absolutely hammered as well. Yeah. That, that whole gaming. And then you've got Aristocrat. But yeah, but they're, they're, they yeah. make machines. That's right. That's like picks and shovels. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the they, difference. But, you know, like these kind of stocks are avoided by many different fund managers and many oh, um, because, of because of ESG. Exactly. Yeah. So they definitely don't do themselves any favours being in this industry. But again, we've seen what the potential can do in 2019. So I think I'd rather own a tobacco company than, these, than something like this. ESG <laughs> is a big thing. <laughs> well, it's both ESG. Yeah. Aristocrat. Yeah. Is pretty well regarded by fund managers. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. well, our members, it, the, it, financials look great. Yeah. Our members always voted down, right? Because of it's supporting poker machines, yeah. and that, yeah. and that's not yeah. our. We're that's not ESG. We don't have an yeah. ESG position at all. Oh, no. But yeah. everybody does their own, and we're democratic. Of so members just... go, I don't want to invest in. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't invest yeah, in. Yeah. It. yeah. So therefore, we don't get the support. We don't look at it. Yeah. I think I'd rather, out of today's stocks, a donut king. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Love me a donut. <laughs> All right. Let's recap the uh, final five stocks. Uh, Coventry, a no from Mark. A yes from Grady. Phoenix, a no from both. Uh, Hillgrove, a no from, from both. Uh, Bell, like Eris uh, Resources, if you want to look at a copper play. Uh, Goodman, a hold from Mark. A buy from Grady and Bell and points bet. Uh, a speculative buy from Bell uh, Capital Letters on speculative to <laughs> emphasise it and a no from Mark. Uh, Mark Morland from Team Invest, always great to have you on board. That was fabulous. Grady Good Wolf to see you Bell. and lovely Good to meet Grady. Lovely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, and did Howard pass on 
normally Howard is on the show. I know, he was Howard very was disappointed. He said, he said, I was very lucky I get to meet Grady and I'm, I'm going to concur and tell him anytime. I'm happy to fill in for him. <laughs> Big shoes right. to fill when you uh, filled them very well. All right, a terrific session. And uh, I made sure not to say story. Story, exactly right. <laughs> if you've got any stocks you'd like us to cover for me to put to our expert panels, uh, go to osbiz.co slash callpicks, send them through to us or tweet us using the at osbiztv handle. A lot more of Osbiz coming up right after this is The Pulse. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.